competitive 40k network presents art of war art of war strategy and tactics discussions with the best players on the planet on the planet with your host paul murphy and expert coach nick nanavati Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Art of War podcast. My name is Paul Murphy, your host. I'm joined by Nick Nadavati. Hello, Paul. How you doing? Not too bad. We got an international show again this week. We're jumping all the way across the pond, talking to Olivier Weiss. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So you just actually did extremely well with Space Marines and the Warmaster yeah. Singles at the WTC. We're, we're hot off of that, that event, a mega event for, for nations all around the world, players, top competitors all around the world, uh, kind of, you know, some of you might consider on the cutting edge of competitive play. And you took Salamanders. Yes. Yes, I did. Salamanders. I was the only one to took this, uh, this chapter. So. I, Olivia, yep. I had the pleasure of playing against you at the Warmaster Singles pre-COVID, like 2018 or something. We had an amazing yep. game. Your Jukari versus my Gene Steeler cult. So I can attest to your skill as a general. But when I saw you were playing Salamanders, I was shocked. I was like, what the hell is this? Salamanders, that's not the Space Marine faction. You know, that's on the tip of everyone's tongue. That's Blood Angels, Dark Angels. There's good ones out there. But you're, mm-hmm. you're making it work out here with Salamanders. What? How? Who? That's what we're here to unpack, I guess. Yeah, yeah, let's actually, let's talk about the list, though. Let's get the list so we can frame Because I, I actually, what I re- looking at this, I like seeing great players playing unconventional list. And so let's just kind of set the frame of reference for, for when we are, you know, when we saw it from afar, we kind of zoom in on what our reaction might be as he's going down the list. <laughs> yeah. So do you want me to, to go down the list? Yeah, uh, please. Item? Yeah. So um, I had three characters. The, the warlord was the psyker um, uh, with the jump pack and the Indomitus armor. The Indomitus armor is important because uh, it brings one um, one extra wound that is important for uh, perils and the three up invul and two up. And as it's my own my only one psychic, uh, I need it to remain alive the whole the whole game because I need this uh, this uh, this HQ uh, to go through the the secondaries. Uh, we, we, we'll see that later. So that's the the first the first uh, character, and it also has. Uh, two warlord trade. The first one is Rit of War, well known, so Obsec in in bubble. But the second one is uh, a Salamander one that is Obsec Takeaway. You choose a unit, and the unit goes and keeps ob- objective secure. So that that's useful to contest um, contest objective on the opponent, and to also play secondaries like uh, Shock Tactics that is uh, secondary from the uh, the Space Marine. The two spell are Mill Zone and uh, Veil of Time. So that's for some matchup, when I could need uh, some clutch move with a uh, null zone that could completely change the, the game. Null zone is so underappreciated, so yeah, love to see it. Completely, completely against, for example, uh, I don't know, uh, it's useful against uh, the Tyranids or the uh, the Arlequins or uh, uh, even the uh, Thousand Sins. So um, it's it's really quite useful. And the other one is fight first and reroll, uh, reroll um, charges. So it's also useful to uh, mega buff uh, a veteran company, a veteran unit, Vanguards, on objective secure, reroll, uh, reroll uh, charges, fight first. Uh, so that's the first character. Second character is, uh, um, sorry, is Vulcan. But uh, is a, a captain from the Salamanders. Three up in also. So my characters are really hard to kill. 
and gives full reroll hit and wounds to a unit that is with flame weapon or meltdown weapon. So that's the this this character gives the uh, uh, core uh, attrition uh, power for uh, aggressors or uh, eradicators. And the third character is um, um, an apothecary with a selfless wall of trade. So chief apothecary because my 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 army is completely infantry. So it gives me the six-up uh, film of pain and revive uh, characters. Uh, I, I want to say that the revive is something that is useful for uh, useful to get um, through the end of the game, so to to have lots of sustain. But it's also very powerful to accelerate unit because you 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 give at, at least three inches on your charges if you revive uh, um, a model. So that's a so cool that's trick. A free uh, we talk about it in the worm a lot, but basically when you revive a dead guy, you Revive it at the end of your movement phase with incoherency on, on smaller five-man units just within two inches of the front of it, plus the base is usually an inch and a half for those 40 mils. It's like three and a half inches of distance just appears at the front of your unit. And as Olivier, you said, it makes your charges a lot easier. Yeah, it's in between plus three or plus four to your charge, so it's massive. It's massive. And after that, I have three three units that are, are also very useful to the game plan. That are, are the, the three troops, three times five, so five uh, intercessors, assault intercessors, and two times five incursors. Um, we'll see that, but the incursors are key to use the uh, first the credo that is the secondary from the uh, salamanders, and they are also key to use the list uh, as I plan to use it and to 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 link all units in between. Uh, to use key stratagem that we'll see later that is born protected. So it allows me to deploy units in infiltration, and they are all the time less than 12 to the rest of my army. That gives me the opportunity to accelerate whenever I want if I am um, attacked by the opponent in close combat. So that's the three troops, because I, I needed command points, so I, I, I settled a, a battalion. Then I have... Uh, Two times ten veterans that are only there for attrition, so there's no no shield. It's only clothes on the right hand and a status uh, swords on the left hand. I have two feather hammer per per uh, pack of uh, veterans because it's all, always useful to to have uh, uh, those uh, those units that are um, able to kill vehicles. And those veterans are are more more deadly than it, than you can think when you, you when you use them in the in the in the salamander chapter because you can give them plus one to wound and plus one strengths and the plus one strengths also gives double damage on sixes so for example hammer are gonna wound on twos the toughness eight titans and the clothes are gonna wound on threes a free reroll the uh, aggress- uh sorry the uh, uh, for example the Every toughness five of the game, so the Necrons or the Drukeries with the uh, um, the grotesque, etc., etc. Or like Tyrion. So they are very yeah. Sounds really subtle. Yeah, yeah your, your little Vanguard vet squads are basically plus two to wound against a lot of profiles. That's it. That's it. Exactly. So that's the veterans, and then I have flamers. So I have uh, six flamers, uh, so aggressors, flamers, and three aggressors and six eradicators. So. That's basically the list. When you when you tell the list, it, it's actually pretty pretty few units. So I only have twelve or thirteen units with with the characters. But I, I can always split them with a combat squad um, 
uh, abilities. Yeah, so I like the t- I like to go for the ten man, the full ten man. That is, uh, uh, you see people sometimes trying to conserve on points, and I also like how you mentioned that you you needed the command points to stick with a battalion. It looks like you actually spent yeah. some command points. So, you know, how many are you starting the game with? I start with the, uh, the game with two command points, and I really need uh, to have three command points during my opponent turn. And three is um, is 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 meant to allow me to use two stra- two two uh, stratagem. The first one is Born Heroes, so the minimum is two because I need to be able to trigger Born Heroes at every turn of my opponent. And the other one is regular Overwatch because Born Heroes is only useful if you cannot uh, cancel Overwatch with a simple uh, a simple charge of a Venom or a small unit like a viper or something so if you have something like that is able to cancel the overwatch like that you need to kill him to kill it with the regular overwatch stratagem and then you can use bonnie rose what is important about bonnie rose is that it's not most of the time it's not about the overwatch it's about the the eric intervention um when i went to the lvo last year i went uh, with the uh, black templar chapter for the first time and I fell in love with a stratagem that is called Devot Push, and it allows you to to, to pile in six during during any um, charge phase, your charge phase or the opponent charge phase. And playing during the opponent turn is so powerful because you are able to change the geometry of the game without him being able to forecast it or to prevent it. And Morning Rose allows you to overwatch like Tovi 8, but it's not really important. Most of the time I use Born Heroes with veterans or with aggressors that are more than 12 from the enemy because it allows me to accelerate average 7 inches. So most of the time your opponent measure and say, well, I'm 24 and a half from your veteran, so you cannot charge me, right? Yes, I cannot charge you. But if you charge me uh, on the center of the game uh, where I have put a banner and so I'm I'm penning the ass at the center, so you, you need to get rid of my incursors. So you've got to charge me. And I've made sure I'm 12 inches from this guy. So I'm going to have an uh, average 7 inches um, Eric intervention that is going to accelerate me during your turn. So And that's pretty unpredictable. Even if you disclose the rule, and I, I did that at every turn, and I, I did that with every every opponent. Nice so I disclosed the rule. Just make sure yeah. no gotchas. It's an obscure no, rule. No for sure. rule gotcha. Uh, absolutely no rule gotcha. Only strategic gotcha. So I disclose the um, the rule, but I do not disclose the full extent, the full depth of the strategy uh, that is behind the rule. It is up to the opponent to to understand that. And most of the time, it is used as a devot push of seven inches average. So it it is really powerful. So could you just walk through like mechanically how the rule works for everyone at home? Because it's it's really okay. strange. So basically, if you charge any of my unit that is within twelve of any on of any other units of my units, this unit can decide to go and help his his brother. So first, this unit is gonna be allowed to overwatch. I do not use that lots of I do not use that often, only with eradicators that are full reroll and inside uh, defensible. Um, defensible um, um, terrain because I, I would I would hit on five rewards so fifty five percent to hit. So first you are allowed to to overwatch. Second, you can do an Eric intervention of two d six after the the opponent m- uh, does is uh, did his um, charge move. So he charges, he charges, and at the end of his charge move, you take back the clock and you do a two d six Eric intervention move, and you 
do not have to end in close combat. Um, That's just a rule for heroic intervention, actually. You, if you, your heroic <laughs> intervention is a rule that is triggered when an enemy model walks within three inches of a character or six inches of specific rules, or in this case, 12 inches of the unit that was within range of born heroes. But you, when you make your move, it has nothing to do with actually getting close combat with them. No, it has. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's it's not it's not the opponent that has to come within twelve of my unit. I only need my unit that is charged charged to be within twelve. So I decide the geometry. There is nothing in the end of the opponent. If the opponent charges one of my unit, I only have to to beat within twelve each unit within twelve of each other, and I can accelerate. So. I do an Eric intervention. I only have to end my movement closer to the charging unit. And it, it has, most of the time, it has nothing to do with engaging, really, really engaging this unit. It's only have to do with changing the geometry of the game bit, uh, during the turn of the opponent. And then, uh, then, then it can end the game. It, it, it can be really clutch. So basically, to spell it out real simply, your strategy on a core is to have this big brick of brutal space marines. You got your troops, you got your aggressors, you got your eradicators, and all your characters, and your van vets. It kind of walks them around the table with your two units of incursors in front of it, maybe behind terrain so you can't just shoot it away, within 12 of units of your own. Everything. Everything, yep. okay. And your opponent presumably can't just blow them up, and they're setting up banners, so it's actually in their best interest to kind of come forward and deal with these units. Then when they charge them, you just pop born heroes, 2d6, pick a unit. It, you don't even care about the Overwatch aspect to it, despite all your thousands Absolutely. of flamers. And then you yeah. just reposition your unit, averages 7 inches, but anywhere between 2 and 12. Closer, the very loosely definition of closer in 40k, which is like 6 inches to the right, slightly closer. And all of a sudden, new game state. Absolutely, and it, it, it can be with uh, Vanguard's to attack the position in the base of the opponent. It can also be the aggressors that are suddenly moving moving uh, average 12, because 5 from the Gravis and 7 from the Eureka Intervention. So changes the complete geometry of the game, and the Flamers can be also in position. Uh, it can also be the Eradicators, because uh, Eradicators are, are really predictable, 29 inches of uh, um, threatening distance, and if you charge me, I can move the eradicators to 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 shoot at a at a, at a, a titan or uh, at Magnus or I don't know. Eradicators are pretty bad news for for most things. Yeah, yeah. I think you've done a really great job solving Space Marines' fundamental problem is that they're not fast. Like you can, they're very predictable in their speed. You know, the fastest you got functionally is like a Vanguard vet move twelve, charge two d six. That is easy enough to pre measure and deal with. And yep. now. It's not. All of a sudden, it's this mobility aspect yeah. that comes in at the most inopportune time for your opponent. Yeah, in my opinion, uh, Space Marines have, have two problems. They are struggling with uh, with uh, speed and also with uh, toughness. Nobody respects the Space Marine on the wound roll. Everybody's wounding Space Marine on the twos uh, most of the time. So that's why I wanted either to play Space Marine the rule that is like... Uh, Transhuman, so like Dark Angel uh, Terminators, but now they're not that good because of the secondary that have uh, evolved in the Nephilim. Or Toughness 5, because the entire game is switching to Toughness 5, Pivotal uh, Toughness, the Serenids, the Necrons, the uh, the Titans, etc. So I wanted to go on Gravis that are able either to have the, the, um, the Transhuman or Natural Toughness 5, so not easy to wound. And no reroll. 
for the salamanders. So I figured that salamanders were able to get respect from the opponent on the wound roll and quite uh, tricky on the the, 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 the speedness and on the, the geometry thanks to the Borneo roll strategy. You kind of described uh, s- some really good advantages from the salamanders. Is this answering why you took salamanders? Is, is like they just either scratch the itch or fulfill the need of what you thought was either on your team list or you, you really thought they could compete in the single side of things? You know, why the salamanders versus yeah. any other Space Marine Legion? Yeah, that, so that, that's a very good question because uh, salamanders are, in my opinion, a team choice uh, because we, uh, in between salamanders and Blood Angel, um my um my opinion was that the blood angel needed pairing resources to perform and we already had several codex that were needing these resources so uh, i wanted to a chapter that was able to absorb most of the meta not using lots of pairing resources um and doing quite well like uh, uh getting six to eight points uh, and not not being that really that's consuming on, on pairing resources and I, I i played those salamanders in single because i, I needed to train uh, and and it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a, a choice for a single uh, in the first uh, uh the first part if, well, if i if i wanted to win single uh, yeah I was gonna, sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say, you say it wouldn't be your first choice for singles and it's a team choice because it, it's kind of like a defender role where you can go out there and play against anything, but you piloted it to the semifinals of the World Singles Championship. So what kind yeah. of, that seems like a good singles choice to me. I was quite impressed by that. Yeah. Uh, actually, there's several factors that brought me to the, the finals. First of all is uh, nobody chose uh, Salamanders. So I, I believe it really helped me because no no one has trained salamanders for years i've been playing since uh, 2018 i've never seen salamanders at a high level never so i believe it's pretty much the same for all the players i've encountered agreed completely so i was completely yeah, so, blown away by your choice so that's first first thing that helped me uh, when you do not know how to play against so even if your opponent is fair play and gives you the entire a rule gotcha that you're not supposed to to know because it's not it's not a library in the competition it's a 40k competition so even if you have that you do not know the game plan and the macro gesture that is going to be uh, settled against you until you you see that so if you, if you haven't taken the uh, born protectors only used to change the the geometry most of the time you do not you, you you do not wait for that, so you 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 you're surprised. It's one of those you can explain it to your opponent situations, but until they have it done to them, it's seeing is yeah. different to like experience Absolutely. is totally different to thinking about it. Absolutely, and the so that's the first the first thing that helped me. Second thing is when when uh, I believe you know you know that better than me. When you play solo, you have a uh, um, the luck that is uh, helping you about the the pairing. Uh, if if you if you go against only good matchup, it, it's always always easier. Oh, don't uh, sell yourself I, short. You still got to play the game, you know. Like that is uh, so. I mean, you, and you did really well. And I, I do appreciate kind of the humbleness of the of the, of the conversation. But you did play against you know what we, what we know are incredibly tough uh, competitors. You know, with yeah. and I can get it blending it with 
the team choice and, and, and wanting to practice, but it still had to, you know, using the tools in front of you. And we'll talk about secondaries and strategies and stuff in a minute, but you know, there's a lot, a lot goes into the skill here. And we're trying, we're trying to pick that up, pick that apart and figure out, you know, what makes us tick. So you're right. But for example, um, what I'm really proud of is the first matchup and the third matchup, I believe. Uh, first matchup, I went against a renegade knight and, I didn't think it would uh, it would be a good matchup, but uh, I won fourteen to six. And the third matchup was against uh, um, sisters on the scenario twenty three. That is really those are the five objectives in the middle of the map. So uh, first of blood of blood. And I uh, uh, this one was a, a tough one, and I was proud to proud to to win this game. But after scouring that, mission. Uh, uh, yeah, scouring. Yeah, that's it. So I. I, I, I also need to, to say that I only faced um, um, Tyranids in the finals and I did not cross any Necron. So it, it is it is still true. So even if I, I went quite well and I believe I, I had success based on my list and my skills, uh, it is still true that the pairing is helping uh, in, in, the, in the solo. Like Paul said, we appreciate your humbleness, but at the end of the day, you, you're a hero to Space Cream players all around the world right here, going undefeated or close to it with Salamanders of all chapters. People dream of this stuff, and you know maybe pairings were in your favor at certain moments, but that could happen to anybody. So seriously, exactly. get out there yeah. and give it a shot. Yeah. Playing well and knowing yeah. your army makes a huge difference. Yeah. And the second, uh, you, you were asking about uh, strategy, the second strategy that is key, also key is the self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice so we've we've seen born heroes. That is uh, a very big answer to close combat uh, aggression. So if you are rushing me or uh, um, trying to get the best of me on close combat, I can trigger the stratagem, change the geometry, and punish you. And if you're trying to all in on firepower and get the best on, of me on the shooting phase, I can trigger uh, self sacrifice that allows me to give. Uh, to give um, um, lookout Saru to any infantry unit on the table, uh, so that that's very powerful because uh, I've had the case in uh, in a matchup with a, a Tyranid. For example, if you bring uh, your your entire firepower in line of sight of my eradicators, because your objective is to kill my eradicators because they are the only threat you have in the in the list, I can spend two CP and oblige you to kill first six aggressors or ten veterans uh, before you can target the er eradicators but when when i do that i spend tcp but but you are exposed so i spend tcp i'll leave and then uh, i fight back almost like uh they go to kill your firepower when the game like that you you counter strike by saying no you killed this other unit i don't care about you no matter how yeah. valuable it is and eradicators go to work from there yeah and now i'm in range and i can see you yeah that's really cool. It's it's so interesting. You've really built your list on two specific Salamander stratagems and a couple other small Salamander nuances. And as you said, no one's looking at Salamanders. No one's playing against them. How did you, I don't want to say discover, because it's always been there, but how did you come up with this army? And what made you look at Salamanders as opposed to every other conventional way to play Space Marines? Well, two things. First one is my obsession about the... Uh, wound, the respect on the wound rule. So as I said, I was uh, I've, I've been playing White Scar for a while. So and I, I'm not playing them because everyone is is wounding you with those toughness uh, four on twos, and you 
even if yeah, they have no AP or whatsoever, they, they will kill you eventually because you are completely saturated on the wound roll. So I wanted something that was resilient on wound. So toughness five and no reroll. So that that was the first thing that that um, um, triggered um, my my interest. Yeah, yeah, caught my yeah, caught my attention on uh, the salamanders. Second thing is reading the Nephilim. Um, when I, when I wrote, when I was reading Nephilim in the secondaries, I thought Promethean Trilo was really really good as a secondary to play alone. And in a, in France, we are playing most of the time in team. So it's not high level. It's not about singles. It's most of the time about team and in team as you know you 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 have lists that are allowed to use pairing resources and other that are not and i like this position of um being the list that is able to absorb almost everything and to absorb everything you have to be resilient um to everything and you have to be able to kill everything but you also have to be able to score on your own and with the Promethean Credo banners and uh, mental interrogation or shop tactics, most of the time you can do your secondaries on your own and refuse the fight and still getting points. And if the opponent is not okay with that, so if the opponent is not accepting the 12-8 in his favor and trying to get the 15-5, most of the time you're going, you're going to get the 15-5 in your favor because the hard aggression is going to turn into your favor. It's a really interesting approach to just choosing an army there. I like that. I don't think I've ever had anyone I've asked that question to say they put the emphasis on the wound rule or just such new little nuances. Um, it speaks a lot to the way you approach the game, which I'm, I'm curious to get out to more. Paul, you you have a, any questions for Olivier before I get into it? Well, and this, I actually would like to take a uh, a bit of a break for a station identification, and then we'll come back and jump into things like secondaries and, and the rest of that. Like what you're listening to? Be sure to check out the second part of this episode, where we break down specifically how our guest plays against all the top armies in the game. Want even more awesome Warhammer content? Check out the War Room. The War Room. You'll gain access to the minds of the best Warhammer players in the world with brand new content every single week. Join our amazing community, elevate your game, and enjoy your hobby more. We are back, everybody. Still got Olivier here, myself and Nick. This has been a cool walk through this. You know, it's like Space Marines. We talk about, especially in the second part of the show, we talk about how Space Marines can can hang and fight and battle. And we don't often get to herald some of their their largest successes. But here we have, you know, a textbook case of great play, list design, well thought out mechanics, and you know, we get to discuss it. It's pretty exciting. Definitely. I'm super interested. You kind of alluded to your Salamander secondary and banners a little bit, but what secondaries does this army go for? Do you have the same three every single game, regardless of opponent? Do you switch it up? What are the causes to that? Yeah, uh, I, I'm not switching very much, but I have to switch um, at least one or two of them regarding to the matchup. One that is always there is the Promethean Credo, because I think the secondary is completely broken. There's three sources of uh, of scoring. 
at the first uh, at, at my first uh, command phase i choose one objective that is not within my deployment uh, deployment zone so basically the objective that is on what i call my uh, strong uh, sides so up and left um, and three sources of scoring first source is if i hold it with a, a core infantry unit at the end of my command phase two points second one if i kill a unit with an infantry that is uh, that has a foot on the objective one point if any model of this unit has been killed by flame or melters from everywhere on the map this point is brought to two that is maximum two per turn so it might be four per battle round if i kill you uh, if you charge and i kill you in close combat or if i or if i overwatch it might be two per turn so four per battle round third source of scoring anytime you shoot at me or you attack me in close combat and you do not kill the unit that is on the objective and if or infantry unit i get one point so any activation where you miss the unit one point, maximum three per turn. So if I just shoot the same squad three times and never kill it, three points for you? Yeah, for example, you, you play you play, play Jerkeries, you only have uh, Darklands from here, Darklands from there. Any Darklands you shoot on me, one point. So maximum points you can like score. Like 15 if your opponent like tries to play with you. That's it. So, <laughs> what category um, is that? It is no mercy, no respite. Okay, so you still have your battlefield supremacy, your psychic one, but absolutely, and your absolutely. Uh, shadow ops. So, what else are you taking? So, if the opponent is uh, sensible to uh, sens- sensitive, so to the to psychic, uh, I will go for uh, um, either ritual or uh, interrogation, mental inter- interrogation, because that's the that's the objective of. The, the warlord in this list that is a psyker uh, it's it, it is only there to enable me to take this uh, secondary uh, that is in my op- opinion really broken 24 inch no line of sight so quite easy to to choose um and the third one is banner because i, I choose to have a very static um gameplay so i only I only keep my two objectives, the one in my deployment zone and the one in my strong side, and it's going to be eight per turn on uh, on primaries, plus the, the, the other source of primaries. Most of the time it's two per turn, so it's going to be 82 primaries on 85. I'm okay with that. Uh, I can go 82 to 85, uh, sorry, 42 to 45. And then I'm scoring my secondaries, so it's going to be 10 for banners, at least 10 most of the time, 15 for credo. And then the third one might be the mental duration, or it against, for example, against matchups that are obliged to play the game, like Harlequins, that are obliged to go on the objective um, to score the secondaries. Or uh, it's also the case for uh, uh, Renegade Knight or um, or Empire Knight. I will play Shock Tactics because it's very powerful to to get only three points when I take back a point. I have to be very careful because if I choose choke tactics against an opponent that is not obliged to play the game, most of the time, if it's a great opponent, he will monitor his position to make sure he's not taking the the center, not to allow me to take it back. So uh, if I choose it poorly, most of the time I will score only three or six points on this one. And when you say not obliged to play the game, to go back to that for a second, you mean someone that either can can score their points by not interacting with you or 
like knows they have a strategy that'll put them one point ahead if you don't also do anything. That that's it. Or of or um, opponent that has the obligation to go on objective to score the secondaries. So if I know I'm going to play uh, someone that I, that is going to choose secondaries that oblige them to go on objective, then shock tactics is okay. Because if you if you do not play, I do not play either this secondary. <clears throat> but if I'm playing Drukeries, for example, Drukeries are not obliged to go on the objective to score the secondaries. Uh, I might score only three or six with Shock Tactics. Right. That's really interesting. I think a lot of people kind of just look at that one and say, oh, everyone goes to the objectives. I'll just play primary and get it. And uh, against, like you said, against very skilled players, they can use that against you. Um, how do you, I guess, make that identification at the table is it just your like immense knowledge of other factions and how they work your experience with the game or or is there a, like a checklist you go through yeah it, most of the time it's uh it's it's play test I, I i really need uh even if i if i'm quite able to think match up through and uh thank god i'm not obliged to play every matchup to understand every matchup because i have a life but yeah most of the time I'm just trying to guess the secondaries and if the secondaries oblige the yeah, yeah it would take up against me and if the, the secondaries oblige the, the opponent to go on the objective I will choose shock tactics or if we are on an, a, a, a scenario that is playing for example domination so uh, four, four primaries since you have two objective so that's the 13th so data data intelligence and the other one that I can't remember that is in um, the four those are scenario where you can make a difference on the primary so you, you, you can really make a difference on a primary holding so if you can make that your opponent has no choice but to contest the your position on the center so you'll get shock tactics but if you're playing for example 32 or 33 or 12 or i, I don't know so those, those scenarios that are in in a small diagonal or in cross uh, you you'll be able to get 42 or 45 points from primary not going ever on the center that's an interesting way to look at it, basically de deciding how easy or hard it is for your opponent to score primary as an indicator for what their secondary game needs to be like. I like that. So with that in mind, it kind of brings me very nicely to the next set of questions, which is how do you yourself score primary? Your army, it's got deceptive speed and it's got durability tricks, but it's slow as a, as a total unit and it kind of sticks together. It definitely does not want to spread out for all your various rules. So hey man, this land speeder in there. You know, Paul. Two, two time, maybe yeah, two maybe time that's one. a key part of this answer. I don't know, but in <laughs> uh, the mission specifically, like uh, Data Sky Salvage or one of the other ones where they force you to spread out, how do you control your primary situation? Actually, that's a very good question because I'm more comfortable on the on the scenario where you cannot make a big difference on primaries, so. So data, retrieve data intelligence and scoring, for example, are the scenario where I'm struggling the most. 
Um, but basically, um, I'm choosing um, one of the objectives that I, I think I, I will be able to hold, for example, in, in data intelligence. I'm not choosing the extreme left. I'm choosing the second left to be my credo. And I, what I say basically to my opponent is, fight is going to be on the subjective. So if you really want to make the difference on the primaries, I will make sure I'll get back at least some points from the secondary. So I take um, I take credo and I take shock tactics. If I'm being contested, so four, four points less in primaries, I will get two points from burning you with the credo and three points from shock tactics. So still, it's not the same maximum scoring sources but you playing hard enables me to get get points I'm, when i'm losing from primaries i'm getting from secondaries so it's it, I'm, I'm making sure i'm not collapsing completely uh on this scenario so i'm, I'm not going to win against a, uh, against a, a bad matchup but i'm not going to fail and collapse either yeah so it's kind of like a team thing where you're all right just holding your own here. If you were uh, an aspiring Salamanders player who doesn't play teams, though, um, how would you approach it? Would you change your list at all? Uh, actually, I've, I've tried a list with lots of speeders before the, the, this one with the full infantry. And problem is, speeders are not uh, saved by the amount of contempt. I thought it would. Because armor of contempt gives them basically five up interval or equivalent, and it is really not uh, resilient enough. So I wouldn't change anything, um, but I will try to make sure my entire army is twelve within the rest of the army, and with that. There's no limit to the tricks you can develop. For example, you can also use the, the geometry changing to get points back, so to get to get objective back. So you can you can use it to change the geometry and attack your opponent, but you can also use it to bring more units, more model on an objective your opponent thought you would lose because he contested it. But when once he charged. It's not contested anymore. So it, it happens a lot so that, that these uh, born protectors not, did not really help me to change the geometry to kill the opponent, but it changed the geometry to bring me 12 points uh, where the opponent thought it would only give me four points because he contested one. But contest, contesting one, I, I triggered born heroes, took two back, so that's 12. Okay, so I mean that makes perfect sense as far as just back and forth trading on the primary and those tough ones. In general, you said you were considering a more speeder type of build. You have like four data sheets in your army total. Like, how, how did you? Why this select selection of units? Why not a more diverse set? Do you ever feel like you're missing something like speed, or or is this really kind of one of your final forms here? No, I, uh, actually, um, I'm missing. Long range, uh, long range uh, attrition, long range threats. That that can be a problem because if I face some someone that is really powerful, yeah, uh, Tal or Admech with uh, the chickens, um, 
we have we have the chance in in Europe to play with the WTC layouts that are pretty heavy. But if I had to play in like uh, frontline gaming, uh, build your own uh, table system, I'm not sure I would be that comfortable with that that many infantries with middle and short range threat. Um, so I, I I would definitely maybe bring uh, ally with uh, maybe imperial knights that we've seen in this uh, WTC imperial knights allied with the sisters. Um, maybe it, it can be a good idea also for with the with the the adeptus astartes. Uh, the only um, threat long range threat for adeptus astartes is uh, last cannon or um, uh, dreadnought with the Volkit. And I'm not sure it is really helpful uh, in the meta. So I'm a bit... It's a bit difficult, yeah. It's not an easy yeah. question to answer. You like where you're no, no, at? No, it's not, yeah. yeah. And before we get into to the stratagem talk, and I know you've actually mentioned some of these already, uh, I want to kind of explore this whole thing of not respecting the wound roller, you know, is basically the toughness of the space Marines, the durability of the space Marines. That is something that a lot of players think like, well, you know, sometimes my power armor, just power armor just works. My three ups are just, just work all the time. My armor contempt just works all the time. And, and you're counting on it not working. You know, why is that really? Because I've, I've lived so, I've lived so many experience on, uh, five, uh, Five incubi, uh, killing fifteen of my space marine, or well, you also uh, played the Jukari too. It's not like you don't know about yeah, how quickly it is. Yeah, it is, yeah. it is to kill marines. I agree. I agree. Uh, but when I think of the fluff, and I, it helps also. It's always helped me to to build my list to to understand what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do with my list. Uh, I, I can't bear to see my space marine that are supposed to be. The elite of the Imperium wounded on wounded uh, on twos by Incubi or uh, I don't know anything in the meta, whereas they are not. So it it is really painful to see them with their physiology that is supposed to be amazing wounded on twos, whereas uh, the uh, Genestila cult is has a baby transhuman, for example. So. I, I can't. I can't understand. I can't bear that. So, I, I just um, like it that it's a part of your math here. Is that is that a lot of a lot of players will go into it thinking my marines just going to be marines, and you're like, nope, this army is armor is toilet paper, and everything's going to get through everything. And that's actually fairly accurate. Those are the things that players are taking out there are specifically designed to get around armor of contempt or, or space marines. In you know that three plus to make it irrelevant. So that's what people are taking. So. You know, in a take all comers list or you know, just an average hodgepodge build, space marine armor is gonna gonna shine with what you're playing at this level, people are making that irrelevant and you're finding ways to win in spite of that, or just have that not factor into your, your strategy, which is which is cool. Yeah, that's it. The sisters are gonna wound you on twos, the bolters of the thousand sun are gonna wound you on twos. Man, this is I'm a freaking space marine. I cannot be wounded on twos. So that that's not that's not possible. I've never so, had such a heard such a passion for wounding on two specifically. <laughs> what what a thing to be no. bothered by. 
Yeah. So, um, but this is m- me using math to approach the resilience because um, I, I use that a lot to uh, understand the to to make choices uh, in my builds. And as I cannot have any impact on the heat roll, I have no impact on the on the save roll because the save roll is settled. It's three up in three up armor, armor of contempt. And it's the opponent that is going to make choice on uh, taking off the uh, save roll by bringing in the build um, heavy APs. I can have an impact on wound roll with the physiology and the toughness. So that's that's the wound. That's the roll of the three. It wounds save that I can have an impact on. So that's why I, I, I'm being passionate about the the wound roll. Very. Very interesting approach to this build, I gotta say. Paul, you know what time I think it is? Oh, it is time for the Brutal and Cunning segment. Uh, and I feel like we've already like spilled the beans on this, but Olivia, this is a segment where we talk about a, a just, you mentioned you know command points and needing to do these certain things, but what haven't you talked about? What do you keep in your back pocket? Like, What is the thing that you know, if you engineer the scenario where the, where you get a, a stratagem off, it's it's going to give you a big advantage, and it could be situational, uh, you know, depending on what list yep. you're playing, but what what are some things maybe even later in the game that you know you got to keep some CP for, uh, you know, just ready to, ready to pounce? The more steps, the better. I want combo-licious, Olivier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to disclose everything. So the when I choose um, to when I choose um, mental interrogation or a ritual, I need to keep points from uh, bond from ashes or the stratagem that allows any uh, salamander's character to come back on a four up with one wound. So that can be really clutch because uh, when when an opponent tries to assassinate your character that is um, farming the secondaries, most of the time he he, he get he gets he gets exposed. He needs to or or I failed, but if if he managed to get it, he is after that he is exposed. And on the four up, I'm still there, so that's important. Um, my my characters also bring uh, obsec, so it can be it can hold on itself um, an objective. So it, it happens lots of time that I just advance with him. Um, on an objective, contest an objective that has no objective secure on it, and pray for a four up when he dies the turn the turn after, and brings me four points because the the opponent is not is still not able to bring obsec on the objective and is not counting on me resurrecting, even if of course I always disclose the uh, the, the rules um, for no rule gotcha. So that's the first one. Second one there are. The combo with uh, plus one strength, plus one, um, plus one wounds. Most of the opponents do not uh, not realize the combination of those two is really dead for the yeah is really dead for the uh, for, for titans. Uh, last time I've killed um, a chaplain, uh, imperial knight uh, chaplain, with only three aggressors because I was hitting on four. Reroll once, wounding on twos, and wounding on twos, I have a free reroll, so it's almost two reroll, and six is double damage, AP minus four. So the three aggressors, 100 zero the, the, uh, the knight, no worries. So this double, um, this plus two to wounds, actually, uh, that Nick said it, it 
Most of the time, it results to plus two to wound and double wound, double damage on sixes. <coughs> Can be really clutch on the on an opponent that is not prepared to have the plus two to wounds because since the the, the V nine, we do not have those plus two to wound anymore. Yeah, it's a very and, subtle. Um, yep. Salmon is just a lot of subtleties built in, is what I'm seeing. And after that, the strategy I'm, I'm uh, using a lot is also resilience stratagem. Against the damage one, uh, I can bring plus two to save to my Gravis. Because I have a stratagem that is uh, Salamanders, plus one to save against damage one if I did not advance the previous movement phase, and plus one to save for Gravis armor on damage one. So basically, if you are charged by Zephyrim, gonna bring this AP minus four to an AP minus one and save on fours. So they're not re-rolling wounds. They will respect you on wound roll and you'll save at four up. It can be can be disturbing for the opponent. That's pretty good. Most things can't even like put up that kind of defense at all. So that's yeah. it's really nice. So saying that uh, you have everything so the, the two most important and the most tricky one are Bonnie Rose and self-sacrifice. If your if your opponent is trying to bully you and all in in shooting phase, it's going to be one sacrifice. To trick you in close combat phase, it's going to be Bonnie Rose. Those two are the answer that is enabling you to punish. And then if it's not about all in, it's just about resistance resistance or uh, attrition. It's going to be the plus two to save or plus two to wood. Yeah, I'm digging it. So in the next part of the show, we'll talk about how we do, how you perform against specific list, what other people actually can look to do to uh, take the wind out of your cells to beat you as well, to beat this list or people that may be running this list. Uh, but we're also going to spend a lot of time talking about breathing hope into these these space marines, these non-Blood Angel playing space marines. I don't know why they play anything other than Blood Angels, but we're going to, you know, we, but we're, yeah. we're starting to figure that out. I like how we're... <laughs> We're uncovering these things that that have not been discussed in an age. You know, this is this is not the kind of stuff you're going to hear on a lot of shows because, you know, again, this is this is kind of complex if we talk about the subtleties and and little things here and there. Uh, but that's that's in part two of the show. So if we didn't remind me everyone in the beginning, this is part one of a two part episode. And if you are uh, you're ending your journey with us here, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Leave us some five star reviews. That's a way that other people, you can help other people find us. Uh, let us know what kind of stuff you want to hear about in the comments. That This will be up on YouTube and some other avenues. Where, but basically everywhere you can find podcast. that's one thing you can do. Uh, Nick and Olivier, is there anything else you want to add for this segment before we take a brief pause before we jump into part two? No, I'm super excited to get right into it, learn how these salamanders tick. I have never seen an army so do nothing and so powerful. I'm very excited. <laughs> you hear so the shade? Same. You hear that? Yeah. I, I would call I it. That. I wouldn't call it shade. I, I think that. that's admiration. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back again. Thank you all very much for listening so far. I'll see you on a minute. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War Down Under and Art of War Unbroken on the competitive 40k network. The Art of War 40k.com.